0: You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by chelsea presbyterian church located in chelsea alabama we value community fellowship and love for people from all walks of life for more information find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on facebook
1: i, I didn't uh, didn't expect the work shout out i appreciate that but i'll i'm happy to share about that uh, i've got my My work little folder here, it says Our Community Foundation. Uh, I work for the Community Foundation of Greater Birmingham. Um, I'm doing a fellowship around faith and history and race in the city of Birmingham, surrounding areas. Uh, Basically, the way they pitched this to me was uh, we have all these people of faith, various kinds of faith, Christian faith, Uh, Jewish faith, Muslim faith, Hindu faith um, who are interested in the city of Birmingham and the surrounding areas flourishing. And everybody's at the table looking for things we can do together. And the one group we can't get to show up are the evangelicals. And that bothered me because as an evangelical Christian, my evangelical Christian um, beliefs tell me that I should be working to make the place where god's put me thrive so i was excited about trying to um to bring uh evangelical folks into this conversation and and we we have done that we have an interfaith council that is uh i've got the the christian spectrum from far left to far right i've got a a muslim representative a Hindu representative Um, i've got a jewish representative um, male, female, all the different kind of demographic things. Uh, we've met about four times. We've convened a couple of focus groups. Um, it's it's a neat it's a neat thing. It's a blessing to do that. So thank you for for mentioning that, James. Um, I will say this is a little weird for me. Um, not so much preaching, but uh, as you said, Valerie's home watching Henry, who's not feeling so good. Uh, I thought about it, and the last time I preached that my bride wasn't here would have been May the 25th of 2014. Uh, That was one week before we got married. And I had to preach at Louisville Presbyterian Church in Louisville, Mississippi. Uh, And at that time, Valerie got paid to be in the choir at our church. Shocker, right? You've heard her sing. Uh, Not surprised somebody would pay her to sing. And basically, they let her off so many times to drag around and watch me preach that they couldn't do it anymore so she had to stay home and i had to drive two hours by my lonesome to preach and uh kind of hope that would never happen again but uh you know then then kids come along and uh it is what it is but uh it it is weird without to, to to be doing this without seeing the most beautiful face that i've ever known you know right there looking at me but i'll do the best i can um we are looking at as james said at city and community um I will also say that, and this always happens to me, um, when you do this as part of in a bivocational way and you got another job, uh, the sermon prep time kind of is when it is. And it is yet to work out where the prep time happens so that I can get my things in the bulletin like I like. I thought I had done that this time, which is why it says our city and our community is the points in there. And then, as I got more into the prep time, I was like, "Well, not really." Um, so I apologize for that, um, but I'm going I'm to try and uh, I'm going to try and do my best for you today. Um, before I read the scripture, I want to give you some context uh, to, to, to make this understandable. I don't think that will work unless we understand a little bit about the people that this was written to and kind of what they were going through. Um, Israel at this time had been conquered by Babylon. Uh, If you look at the map, Babylon is where Iraq is now. And a bunch of the Israelite people had been exiled. They'd been taken from their homes in Israel and dragged over several hundred miles to Babylon. In this culture... Prophets were a very big deal. Prophets were the voice of God to the people of Israel. Uh, There was usually, at any given point in time, there was a big major prophet that was a big celebrity in the community. And they looked to this prophet to speak with God's voice. So this is the person that you went to when you wanted to figure out what God had to say about whatever it was you're going through. So at this time, Jeremiah was the name of the the big prominent prophet the passage that we're reading today is from a letter he wrote now he is still in Israel but he's heard from all his countrymen that have been taken and exiled and taken over to Babylon and they're just trying to say what are we supposed to do You know, we're, we're, we're stuck in this foreign land what are we supposed to do and so Jeremiah goes to God and figures out what God wants him to do and sends them a letter This is from his letter. These are his instructions. These are God's instructions to people who have been exiled from their home country, taken hundreds of miles away, and are being held captive by an enemy power. And they want to know, what does God want us to do? Let's read the passage. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters, and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Let's pray. Lord, it is a fearful thing to to, to handle your word. It is a fearful thing to preach your word. I don't deserve to be up here. I have no business being up here. But you say that you call on the foolish to shame the wise. You say that you use a crooked stick to strike a straight line. You say that you speak through the foolishness of preaching. So, Lord, I'll lean on every one of those promises now for the sake of these beautiful people that you've gathered here today. For the sake of your people. We need to hear from you, Lord. And I don't have anything good. So Lord, please, please, please speak to me. Speak through me. Speak in spite of me. And we will be very careful, sir, to give you all the glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So after hearing that, I hope you're sitting there thinking, that sounds weird. If a foreign power were to invade our country today and, and shove all of us off to some other country, it would probably seem weird to us if God said, well, what, we're, what you're supposed to do is build houses, plant gardens, pray for the place where we sent you, get married, have kids, give away your kids in marriage. That seemed a little strange. seemed insane to these exiles. It seemed utterly insane. They're like, what are you talking about? They were looking for an escape route. They wanted to get back home as quickly as possible. So here's the thing. Jeremiah knew that. Jeremiah knew this was a bad country that had taken over their country and taken them off and put them in this captivity. But you know what Jeremiah also knew? He knew that God had allowed this to happen for his reasons. And listen to this carefully. Jeremiah knew that they were going to be in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. So he's telling them how God is... Wants them to live in that situation. And this is a great way to learn how God is calling us to live in our city and love our city, to live in our community and love our community. So how do we love Chelsea and how do we love Birmingham? Because the two are connected. Here's what we do. We live with the future in mind. We live with the future in mind. God is going to make all things new. He promises He's going to make all things new. He's already, in, he's already died on the cross for us. He's already paid for our sins. And He says that He's going to make everything new. He's going to make things the way they're supposed to be. But he doesn't promise he's going to do that today. He doesn't promise he's going to do that completely in our lifetime. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus died. A lot of people have lived, a lot of people have died. How do we live when we know that Jesus is going to make all things new, but we also know that we may have to live in a place that feels like captivity for maybe our whole life. Now, living here may not feel like captivity. I don't mean for you to think that it is. I'm not saying that at all. But there's sin in our culture. There's things we don't like all around us. There's a whole lot of I see bad things happening. And the way you know that is you see the fear around you, especially among Christian people. I think we're a lot like the Israelites that were living in exile in Babylon. What did those people want? They wanted to get out of there now. They wanted things fixed today. And I know when things go bad in my life, I want God to fix them today. I had a sister that struggled with addiction for a long time. And I'm tired of it. And I want God to make her whole today. I don't like seeing her in pain It's really hard when God says it may be a while. Isn't it? The stuff we don't like and the stuff we fight against, sometimes we fight against it and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And in the midst of that, God seems to be saying, Build houses and live in them. Live your life. How in the world are we supposed to do that? We do that by living with the future in mind. We know that God is going to make all things new, that never changes. So if He doesn't make all things new today, that doesn't mean He's not going to make all things new. If the things don't get better today, that doesn't mean they're not going to get better in God's time. And here's what's amazing about that. That frees us up to love where we are, wherever God puts us, to love Chelsea, to love Birmingham, to love anywhere He puts us, with freedom. However sinful the culture you're living is in is, God allowed it to be that way and God wins. So, and here's your three implications. Here's what that means for loving our community and loving our city. It means that we can pour out our love for Chelsea and Birmingham while not asking them to be heaven. So much of the time as Christians, we fall into the trap of saying, things are bad, we got to do something about it right now. And that may be a good thing. But sometimes God's going to allow it to be that way for a while. And we can live our lives like, if we don't get the right people elected, or if we don't get the right laws made, or if we don't get in the right kind of place for our kids, where there's not danger... Everything's going to go bad. Y'all, we are promised toil and trouble this side of heaven. That's going to be wherever you go. Regardless of who's in office. Regardless of who's in power. Regardless of what laws you're under. Sometimes we have good laws, sometimes we have bad laws. But if we remember by the power of the Holy Spirit... That God will make all things new one day. And that where we are is where God put us. We can love Chelsea. We can pour out our love for Chelsea and for Birmingham without asking them to be what they can't be. It's not our job to make here heaven. It is not our job to make here heaven. Heaven will be heaven. Here will be here, and they are different. That's the first implication. It is not our job to make here heaven. Here's our second implication. Because of that, we can love where God puts us without expectation. James just preached on our core value of serving without expectation. That is a hard thing to do. That is a hard thing to do. But if we get this right, it is an incredibly freeing thing to do. We can serve. We can love. We can do whatever it is we do. And whether or not people respond to that, we don't have to live or die with that. When I was a youth pastor, I hired a young lady to do ministry with our young ladies in the youth group. And she was great for the job, but like anybody would be, A particular part of the job was very intimidating to her. Part of her job was going to the schools where our girls went to school at lunchtime and pursuing those girls, trying to bring some food, hang out, you know, and part of her job was also to call on the girls, see if they were interested in going out, hanging out with her one-on-one, getting to know them. And as you might guess, even for, no matter who you are, If I were to tell you, your job is to make a teenager think you're cool. (laughs) A little bit intimidating, right? And what, what would happen was she would be scared to reach out because she thought they might not want to hang out with her, and she'd feel, you know, not wanted. And I had to sit down and explain to her. I was like, look you have to understand something. You have to make a distinction. It is very important to your job. Success in your job does not mean X number of girls accepted your offer of going out to coffee or X number of girls let you sit at their lunch table. Success in your job looks like offering yourself to them. Success in your job looks like pursuing them with love, offering to get them a coffee, offering them some food, and to be there at the lunch table. I don't care whether they respond or not. And I told her that. I think they will. I think they will absolutely respond. But if you go after those girls and not a one of them says yes, you have absolutely done your job. The scorecard is not whether they accept the love that you give and whether that makes some sort of obvious difference in the moment. The scorecard is you're pursuing them. You're pouring out love on them. And it's exactly the same thing when we talk about love in our city, love in our community. We are not loving Chelsea with the expectation that Chelsea will become heaven on earth and all the problems will go away and all the poverty or or whatever the thing is. I guess there's not a lot of poverty in Chelsea. Maybe some. But uh, whatever, whatever whatever problem you see that's a real problem, We're not loving it thinking that it's going to go away. That's in God's hands. We're not called to make the change. We're called to be faithful. And guess what? We are free to be faithful because God's not keeping score on how many laws we get changed or how many people we get elected to office or even really how many people profess Christ in our church. James's job, week after week, is to stand up here and tell you the truth about Jesus and offer you the gospel. When he does that, he's done his job. The Holy Spirit takes it from there. Our job as the people of Chelsea Presbyterian Church is to love Chelsea every way that we can, sacrificially. Because that's how God's loved us. And it doesn't really matter if they take to us or not. If you understand that, there is radical freedom there. There is freedom to serve when you're not worried about what you're going to get back. And you will never see this more clearly than on the mission field. There are parts of this planet that are very hostile to Christianity. And there are missionaries that have served in those places for 50 and 60 years. And maybe they've seen two or three people come to Christ in 50 or 60 years. And yet what happens? The same person, they will get sick, and here, you know, you've got two years to live. And yet, what you see, they don't go back home to their family. They say, I want to stay here on the mission field with these people I've loved and served for 50 or 60 years. That's how free they are. Because that's how free God has made them. That's how free we can be to love our city. We can throw... Cookouts. We can cook for the football team. We can be part of every civic event. And James has done a fantastic job of that since this church started. And we don't have to worry about if 50 people show up at the barbecue. What we have to worry about is being faithful and loving this city and letting the Holy Spirit take it from there. One last thing, last implication and I think maybe this is the most powerful if it looks like the world is going to hell read the end of the story these people were looking at 70 years of hard time 70 years of captivity under a foreign power a lot of them weren't going to live all the way through that you know I don't know too many adults, even young adults, will be like, what are you going to do over your next 70 years? Well, that math doesn't generally work out so good. Um, When you're the people in exile, when you're the people living in a sinful world, it's really easy to get down. When you see things get worse, when you see people die, people that you love and people that you care about it can be really hard to hope to keep doing what you're supposed to do because it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere so if the world if it looks like the world is going to hell you need to read the end of the story where do you, where is the end of the story it's at the end of this book book of revelation I'm going to read you a little bit from Revelation 21. This is where we're headed towards. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That is the end of the story. Nothing bad in our world can overcome that. Nothing bad in our lives can overcome that. Y'all, you know, I lost, most of y'all know I lost my dad in January, and I would give anything in this that I could to get him back. And that pain is real, and it's every day. That's not going to stop God from making all things new. In Chelsea and in Birmingham and everywhere. So when it comes to loving our city and our loving our community, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be scared of the sin that's out there. We don't have to be scared of how a secular culture is going to receive us. We don't have to be scared about, you know, big bad Birmingham and the crime and all that kind of stuff. God is making all things new. And we are free to build houses, to plant gardens, to take wives and have sons and daughters. Um, The next time you find yourself worried about that, read what God has to say about it. Take heart. Um, God wins. Let me pray. Lord, um, I need this as much as anybody here. Please, please, please make us not just know this in our heads. That doesn't get us anywhere. Please make us feel the truth of this deep in our bones in a way that changes what we are, what we do. Um, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.